three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment, feminism, and everything in between. You are joined by your hosts, Megan Hoharts and Kenzie Meekbeck. Yay! Yay! Welcome back, everyone. It's a beautiful day in Seattle. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Kenzie, how was your weekend? It was good. Um, let's see. So on Friday night, Chelsea and I had a girls' night, and we went out and drank. But, like, we just went to a wine bar. But and <laughs> then we talked about finances because we're that cool. Oh, fun. Lit. <laughs> Was Chelsea giving you advice about retirement or what? Yeah, basically. <laughs> she was like, you need to save X percent yes. per month. Yes. Okay, I'm going to tell Chelsea that she needs to marry Desmond. She needs to get a divorce and marry Desmond. <laughs> and they just need to be together and save all of their money. Because you guys are so the scandalous. <laughs> they're the same person. I If he tells me to save X amount of money a month, I'm going to slap him upside the face. Every time he says it, I get up in his face. I say, boy, I'm about to slap you. If you tell me that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that was our discussion. And then. Um, was it beneficial to you? Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. No, I'm I'm going to I'm going to work on it. We'll see. How me too. Goes. Me too. That's what I say, too. <laughs> I'm I'm I, I'm not like horrible at money. It's not like I just blow it, but I'm not the best saver either. Not me. Yeah, it's like okay, you're not in swimming around in debt, but you don't have stockpiles of cash either. Yeah. Okay. Good. Somewhere in between. That's my life. <laughs> me too. Okay. Um. So yeah, and then um with my um romantical interest. Romantical interest. <laughs> a feller tell me more tell me more a feller um yep um anonymous shout out number two (laughs) (laughs) we um went to leavenworth which is a small german town um like two and a half hours out of seattle it's basically the cutest little place in washington it's like a little utopia it's so adorable so we went there and neither of us had ever been Oh, nice. Yeah. So we went because we both had been wanting to go um, and we stopped at a, like a picturesque farmer's market. It was super cute. And they had like a carnival right next to it for kids. Um, and then, the, sorry if the lighting changes if you're watching on YouTube, we're using natural light mostly. Um, and then we went to uh downtown and we explored and had lunch and we both of us like are kind of skeptical on german food Mm -hmm. and so we just got it as like an appetizer and then we got our main food like american yeah (laughs) what was your appetizer like uh brats and stuff okay and it had like sauerkraut and stuff was it good yeah we both liked it but we both agreed like we wouldn't want it like all the time or like as like the main meal sort of a thing yeah and then we went to a winery and we did taste testing and we got a, we found a pear field. Yes. Yes. It was so cool. It's up on our Instagram. It's yeah. Kenzie holding a pear surrounded by a pear orchard. I thought it was so neat. And then we went to a brewery and so just, we wanted to try the alcohol basically. <laughs> and so we went to the brewery and we got a flight and tried all these different types of alcohol. And then we went, I'm not an alcoholic. I just like enjoy, you know, taste testing. Yeah. 
And then <laughs> I just said that I went out Friday night and then I <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> I swear. And then we went, um, uh, what did we do? Then we like explore, explored some more. And then, uh, and then we went to dinner eventually and then we came home. Perfect. Yeah. Sounds like a great And now Saturday. we're here. So now we're recording. What about you? What'd you do this weekend? So yesterday I didn't set an alarm, which was amazing on every level. Wow. What time did you end up waking up? <laughs> Early, like seven. What? I can't sleep in anymore. That is sleeping in. Seven is sleeping in. Um, and then uh, I had an appointment at two o'clock to get a Brazilian wax. Tell us all about it. Oh my gosh. I've never gotten one. I've gotten one. Every time I go on like a, a beach vacation where I'm going to be in a bathing suit for a long time, I get one. Ugh. And, but it's been a while since I've been to the beach. I'm not going to lie, you know? Uh, so it's been a long time since I've had one and I'm leaving for Costa Rica this Friday. So I was like, okay, I got to do it. It was so painful. I can't even tell you. Thank God my girl was nice. Uh, I was like, probably halfway done because she puts like a little sheet so you can't see so I didn't like bend down and see how far she was done but <laughs> oh, like no I'm sure you can kind of tell but then I was like just a few like strips in I was like so you almost done down there and she was like uh I'd say maybe halfway and I was like oh god and um then she start we started talking and like carrying on a conversation and so then I kind of forgot about it but her that's good her face is all up in your business. That's so embarrassing. You better be clean. Oh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> I could not do that. Well, I asked her, I go, you couldn't be the waxer or you couldn't be the one being waxer. Waxed? I go, <laughs> whenever her face was like straight up down there, she, I go, I guess you're just used to seeing vaginas all day long. And she's like, oh yeah, I don't even think about it anymore. <laughs> Just really? like it's nothing. Like after you see that many vaginas, it's just like, eh, whatever. It's just, yeah. I wonder if she judges vaginas. If she <laughs> said like, she didn't, but I mean, she, her face was in mine. So come on, you've got to have some thought. If you've seen a million vaginas, she said that. Um, you know what she's learned is that everybody is different and beautiful. Aww. I know she was really sweet. She said everybody's <laughs> different and beautiful, and um. Yeah, she was like, the female body is a beautiful thing. Everybody's different. I was like, oh, well, that's nice. Dang. Uh, you're, by the way, I'm admiring your cat eye right now. Oh, thanks. You did really good on your cat eye today. I, um, yeah, I'm kind of perfecting my cat eye technique. So. Did you see that new tool that it's like a stamp? Where no. you just stamp it on? You have it? No. So it's like for, obviously, I can't do it. But like, you like put your makeup on it and you just stamp it onto your face. I'm going to look into this. Yeah. And it's like supposed to be a perfect cat eye. That's pretty cool. Allegedly. I have never heard a review on it. So then, um, I don't know how I learned this, but being a yoga teacher, if you're like a, if you have your certificate, all that good stuff, you can bring in your certificate and a valid driver's license and you get like 40% off at Athleta. Athletica or Athleta? Athleta. For your bikini wax? No, sorry, for yoga clothes. Sorry, I'm changing the subject. <laughs> I am sorry, I'm changing the subject. That was the next thing to happen in my day. So, I, sorry, on to the next one. Um, <laughs> the transition there wasn't very seamless. 
sorry. I was like, mm, what? Okay, bikini waxes or Brazilian waxes over. It hurt like, you know what, but it's worth it. Um, but yeah, I get a super good discount at Athleta and Lululemon. Athletica, I think it is. No, there's no Seagirl. Yeah, huh? No. Okay, I'm going to look it up. Okay. But, but that's exciting. Yeah, the Lulu discount isn't as good as the other one. Of course it's because not. You they know want them. money. They want their money. But um but yeah, I get a discount. And then mm, did some yoga, did yoga today. Um Already? Mhm. I woke up early this morning and did it. Oh my goodness, by yourself? Mhm. I went to Sangha in Queen Anne. Oh my gosh. And you've had brunch. And I've had brunch and I've been grocery shopping. I just wanted to get, I just, after I recorded today, I wanted to sit on my couch and watch Stranger Things. So I was just getting all I'm of this I'm so stuff proud done. of you. So Look, this morning Athleta. I was so lazy. Athleta. Really? A-T-H-L-E-T-A. Can you type in Athletica? <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. This whole dang time. Uh, I thought of my Athletica. No. Nope. It's oh. I'm sorry. Maybe someone I knew has been pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> and Maybe. I just assumed that's what it was. Then I, yeah, today I had brunch with our really good friend, Allie. Yay. Hi, Allie. Went to Trader Joe's. Allie gave me two good recipes, vegetarian recipes. So oh, cool. I'm going to make those and um, take this guy, Cooper, on a walk who's in my lap. And then that's going to be my weekend. Then off to work tomorrow. How's work? Work is good. You're so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. I like it a lot. Um, I got my first like really not nice person answer the phone. Oh, no. But that's okay. Did you get through it? I got through it. On to the next one. You got to just be like. <sighs> I think that like what I have to realize is that when people are in finance and accounting and they want a job and they're looking to, you know advance their career or they don't like their current company that they're working for then I'm your best friend and then everybody loves me right but if you're not if you are just like no I love my job then it's like okay you're annoying me so it's just like Mm. having to realize that I'm either going to be annoying or I'm going to be your best friend like those are the two things I'm going to be to you that makes sense that totally makes sense yeah so but whenever people love you people are this is opening up my eyes to how nice people are that's good. People are people can be so nice. Yes. And so I really like helping people. That's what I've really gotten out of this is that I really like helping people. You're going to rock it. I, we moved to a new office this week at work. Oh, yeah. It has added, like, the morning's fine, but leaving has added half an hour. So now it takes an hour and a half to get home. Oh, my gosh. I know. I don't know what to do. I know what to do. What? <laughs> Move in with somebody. Oh, well, I need to find a roommate first. <laughs> you just need Eventually. to find a you just need to find a roommate. You need to get down here. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah, it's just pricey. It's pricey. Uh, try to save your Okay, I'm going to be Chelsea. Try to save your money while you're living with Chelsea. I know. Save it up. I'm going to. I'm going to. And then you can move and I do pay rent with them though. Yeah, you do pay rent. I'm not just freeloading over here. Nope. Okay, cool. Well, should we move into our topic? We should move into our topic. 
Yay! Megan and I had the idea, and even though I kind of want you to maybe even go in on it more someday of your yoga love and your yoga passion, Megan suggested that we talk about one of the most impactful parts of my life that I've gone through just to look at an impactful experience, um, which is Hotter Than Hell 100. Yes. I just thought it was a good idea for us to talk about this because you had to be really persistent. You had to be really dedicated. You had to work your butt off to get to the end goal. So I thought it was like just a good demonstration of all of those. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. So yeah. So in August of trying to think what year 2015 16 16 yeah in August of 2016 I did a 100 mile ride um in the Wichita Falls area which is where I was working and 100 um, mile bike ride 100 mile bike ride so it was cycling um I guess I'll go into the description of it or yeah. were you gonna ask me specific questions um First, let's go into it and then I'll ask you questions as we get into it. But I thought that how it started was kind of interesting. Didn't you mention that somebody at your work said, oh, somebody needs to cover this or kind of? Yeah. So I've I heard in the past that we've had like, okay, so I worked at a television station as a television reporter and oftentimes, you know, during because it's the biggest economic fundraiser or not fundraiser uh impact for Wichita Falls or it was um just like as far as travelers and people going through the city Mm, per year mm -hmm. and so it's like thousands of people it's like a nation international wide thing it's really well known so do people fly into Wichita yeah just or not which well they might there is an airport there um they don't have a ton of like big flights that go into it but um probably DFW. Um, so yeah, so, and the hotels get completely booked and people will just like Airbnb it basically. So people open up their homes just for that week, you know, mm-hmm. just cause they're being like, yeah, we need this in Wichita Falls sort of a thing. And so it's like a big cyclist thing. And cycling is actually a very big community if you've ever heard about it, but it's like, people that cycle really stick together. It's kind of a small community. And like when they're really passionate about it, they get super into it. Um, and I really loved it. And I do go to cycling classes to this day a lot. Um, but I have kind of, and I do get on my bike still, uh, I've sadly kind of dropped off just because of the move and excuses basically. But, um, in my head, just because of the move and just been pretty busy, but I really liked it. Um, but how I got into it, going back to your original question is, um, uh, I had a bicycle and it's like a hybrid. So it's like half mountain, half street. And it's a nice one, um, just in general, but like compared to an actual cyclist, it's not the best. No. Um, so you bought this first bike before this whole thing even came yeah, out. Yeah, no, it was my college bike mm-hmm. and it was like a present for my dad. Cause my dad and I like to ride bikes and the Beck family just has always been into bikes. Um, so I asked for a bike for my birthday in college so I could go to class from my apartment and I wanted to like work out that way. Um, so I bought the bike or I got the bike for my birthday and I kept it and it was basically dormant 
for several years after or for the years after college and then I moved to Wichita Falls and they started talking about hotter and hell and I just kind of got inspired to get my bike back out just by hearing about the talk because the first year I had just covered it and I was like whoa this is really inspirational and it was the first story that I covered when I moved there in oh, the first cool. August and I was like wow this is super inspirational people are training to ride a hundred miles in the heat it's really hot and it's a lot of work and the community puts in a ton of work to do it and the whole reason I got into journalism was to be I'm really giving a long-winded answer I apologize the whole reason I got into journalism was to really be a part of uh, the community in a big way so anyway this was just it sparked my interest from the beginning and I just thought it was interesting Um, and in the back of my head maybe I did think wow maybe I could do that but Anyway, so the next year, I kind of dusted off my bike in the spring just as a way to work out. Um, I've always liked working out since uh, college. Um, And so I was like, I might as well cycle around. It's a nice area. It's really nice uh, to cycle because I live right next to a course, like a big trail. So I could have cycled on that. So I went to a bike repair shop because it had been outside on and off for like two years. Yeah. So I took it to a bike repair shop and I was like, just waiting for them to get done. And I was like, how nice is this bike? They're like, yeah, it's pretty decent. I'm like, do you think I could ride it that whole way that they do the hundred miles? They were like, yeah, it's possible. It may not be very comfortable because like it's a long ride. And I'm like, but you think it's doable? And they were like, yeah, it's, it's doable. It's not like a Walmart bike. It's doable. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay okay let's do it and so I just like decided then to start training and for some reason I just got it into my head that I was going to do it and it was actually pretty expensive what what month was this that you were like oh April April and August four months yeah I think it was sometime in the spring Mm -hmm. and it was getting warm again uh, in Texas so that's probably around April yeah Ooh, August is the hottest month it is And, um, so I was like, I can do this. And then I just, it just kind of went from there. And then I really, so did you end up using that bike? Uh, no. And that's part of the story. Like kind of, um, so then I went in, I told my boss I was training for it. Um, after I did a little bit of research, very little, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do it. And so they were like, great. And so I kind of started doing it and, um, I started, I volunteered to cover it. And so, um, so what would that entail covering it? Like it was like a six week series and I pitched it. Um, mm-hmm. it was a six week series of how to train for hotter and hell. So then you would like do like little five minute snips every week. It was like three minute pieces every week on every Friday. And um, they let me have like one whole day to record a few of them, kind of like we do the podcast. Um, And I didn't have to turn a package for that day, which I usually have to turn one whole story. They let me have like a full day to work on it. Um, And then they would air it during the news. Yeah. in the morning show. Oh, cool. Because the morning show is a little lighter. Um, so yeah, so, um, so you pitched them this idea mm-hmm. and they were like, that's awesome. And sometimes we can get like sponsored for this sort of thing. So when I started, so I was training on my own anyway, a few months before, and then it kind of ramped up for the six weeks before, um, 
that. And so I started doing the stories and started getting connected with the cycling community in uh, Wichita Falls. And it's a very tight knit community because they put it together every year. Mm -hmm. And so I got to know some really good people. Dale Neely, who is actually um, into cycling for the university there. And he actually hosts a very large ride every year um, for a charitable organization for a hospice that his parents, I believe, were in. And it's called like 90... I'm sorry, Dale. It's like 90 for dad or something like that. Um, but it's a really cool ride. And I uh, had covered it the year before. And then I told him I was training and I asked him if he wanted to do a story with me. And uh, or someone recommended that I go back and get in contact with him for my next piece. And so him and I started talking and um, we kind of became friends. And then I became friends with the founder of Hotter and Hell. And they kind of both like both of them kind of started hooking me up because it's really expensive. So I ended up getting a bike for to borrow because I had done a lot of stories on it. So I was just borrowing the bike um, because I had done so many stories with one business in general. But we disclosed that I had like the Mm -hmm. bike and used it Um, so um, to the viewers. So I had their bike and I started training and using that one. Um, and then my friend Miguel, um, who's a photo, who was a photographer at the station also just decided he wanted to do it too. And I lent him my other bike. So he rode on my old bike. God bless him. And he also didn't train. So it was insane that he just did it. Could you but tell, he's naturally athletic of a person, like super athletic. Could you tell like a huge difference between your bike? And oh, yeah. It was so much I don't know how he did it on mine. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, you don't have to do it with me. He's like, yeah, no, I think it'll be fun and a cool experience. I was like, okay, thanks. So he ended up doing it with me and he's a good friend and he also just didn't want me to be alone on it. So cool. Yeah. So you start off in Wichita. Is that where the race starts? Mm-hmm. And then you ride a hundred miles. Just through like the tiny towns around Wichita Falls. Through the town. Like North okay. Texas. So then you make like a circle mm-hmm. and then you end in Wichita Falls. Yeah. Okay. And so you have to also um, make it to mile um, 60 before a certain time or you don't get to finish <gasps> the race. No. Because you can't take all day. You got to get done at a certain point or you, they like get worried, you know? So, so they cut you off. Did you and make they it? Reroute you for a 70 mile track or 75 mile track. Aww. If you don't make it. Yeah, we made it. We were like booking it. So I'll kind of go into the story a little bit of the day. So Wichita Falls really puts a lot of work into it. It's a really well orchestrated event. I could go on for like a few hours about hotter and how, but So every 10 miles, they had a rest stop that's really elaborate with food, drinks, fuel, like very specific that'll fuel you through the different things. And each, it's every 10 miles. So there's 10 rest stops every 10 miles and there's bathrooms and stuff. It's really well set up. Like the community, the surrounding communities rally to put it together and put their little station together and different teams like sponsor their different rest stops. And sometimes companies do it. Sometimes organizations do it every few miles. It had the fuel. Um, Did you stop at every one? No, we were trying to, so Miguel and I were trying to just power through to get to the noon thing. So we only stopped a few times before 
getting to the noon point and we took an embarrassingly amount of time it's like nine hours and some people can do it in like five it's like insane but we took nine hours but um once we hit mile 60 we just were like no we're just cruising because we're just gonna make it you know Mm -hmm. we're not gonna push ourselves very hard so what time in the morning does it start like seven or something or eight or something Mm -hmm. um and so we around like we thought that the mile 60 closed at 12 15 and we were at the last rest stop before at like 11 30 or something and you're like we gotta go and we were just standing around and we thought we were good and then i saw a map that said it it was like a way uh, like 15 minutes earlier than i thought and so i like ran to miguel and we were like five miles away and i was like miguel we gotta go <laughs> oh we're going God. to mile 60 and he goes why and i was like we're off in our time we're off and so we both like hauled it and like got on our bikes and did it I am in like Miguel and I were great friends but it was like it was a one like he really helped like we powered talked to each other like when one person had a weak moment the other one would like no we got talk, this talk him down do it and do like it. vice versa like there was one point where he in the la- at mile 98 he got a leg cramp oh no those were probably really painful. Like, and so I was like, you can do it. And we did kind of slowed down. And I was like, we can do it. And then I thought the like cramps had gone away. So I kind of sped up a little bit toward the end. But then he met me on the end. But um, so there was another point, like at mile 85, where I just kind of started crying. On my well, yeah. Are you kidding? And I was like, I don't know, Miguel. I don't know. And he's like, <laughs> Miguel, I don't know. <laughs> and he goes... Yes. <laughs> He's like, you're going to do it. <laughs> what are you, by mile 85, what are you supposed to do? I was just crying because I was in so much pain. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and he was like, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't but, imagine how much. I mean, you were probably in physical pain, mental pain. Yeah. So what I learned though through training and it was like a really rewarding experience. Like every day after work, I trained for a certain number of miles. Uh, every weekend I was hitting goals. I had the most kind experience I've ever had actually prior to. So I was going to like hit a few weeks before I was going to be, I was talking to Dale Neely, the guy who, who works for the local college or MSU, which is Midwestern State University. And I was talking to him about like my training plan, like while I was doing the story. And I was like, yeah, at a certain point, I need to like hit 75 miles because the theory is if you can do 75, you can power through for some reason. Because you have more adrenaline the day of, right? Yeah. So they're like, once you hit 75, it's like possible is what I heard from a lot of people. So I was just trying to hit 75 miles before doing it. And so I told him that was my goal and he, and I was like, I don't know though, it's going to be a hard ride. I don't know how I'm going to fuel the whole time because, um, it's cause you have to fuel your body mm-hmm. and you have to make stops and you have to do all these things. And it's a lot to carry to fuel your body for that much of time. And I was like, I just don't know how I'm going to do it. And I just told him, I was like, yeah, I'm a little afraid of the road and those like, 
outskirts roads just to be on it by myself. Um, I don't know if I'll get sick. And then I was like, just freaking out, you know, because are there portions where, you know, people are so far ahead of you or so far behind that you're kind of like the only person that you could see? Well, no, I'm talking about like training. So there was a Saturday oh, before that I was just yeah. going to do a 70 mile by, yourself. by myself in a hundred percent. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do really. Um, I was, or it was 65 or 75. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, like I can try to fuel myself, but it's, it's going to be a lot. Cause I had just gone to like 30 or 40 before. And I was like, I was like, I think I'm just going to ride around the little trail. Cause we have like a 25 mile trail in Wichita falls. Mm-hmm. I was like, I might just do that a few times because my house is along the way and I'll just stop in mm-hmm. and grab fuel as like a, re- a like pseudo rest station. And he was like, no, it's fine. And he goes, let me talk to some of my cycling friends. And so like a week or two after he did his own ride that he does every year, he followed us. He rode some of the way and then followed part of the way in his truck, uh, our whole group. And he had a group of like 10 friends go with me to like pump me up Oh my for a whole Saturday morning. And that he brought his truck full of food supplies that he wouldn't let me reimburse him for full of water, full of fuel and all of this stuff. And he just did it out of the goodness of his heart for training people who were training for hotter and hell but mostly it was for me it was like the biggest the nicest thing and most giving thing anyone I think besides my family you know of life Mm -hmm. has ever done for me that's so awesome what a good I barely knew him like I mean I Mm -hmm. knew him but not that well and he just did it what a good person yeah so that was a life-changing thing it's just like holy crap you know if someone can give that much to you you know Mm -hmm. and so it really empowered me Um, and that was a really life changing experience. I also got to be friends with the guy who founded the ride. So he was like the postmaster of the town, you know, which is like for the mail station, you know, like the, like the U S. Oh yeah. 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 So he was in charge of them locally uh, back in the day and he got into cycling and he does, there was some sort of like attraction originally that the plant that the community had planned to like bring in people to Wichita Falls and they had like a consulting firm come in and they were trying and I think this is the story it's been a long time since I've had to told it um tell it but he was they were all brainstorming of what to do and when they had consult the city had consultants come in to like give them recommendations on events they could do and like the idea was like a rocking chair competition what are you supposed to do with that? As long as you can rock. Oh. So they thought that was pretty lame, I think. Um, obviously. The consultants thought of that idea? Yeah. Or someone pitched that idea. And no one liked it. Um, so I guess Roby Christie thought of Hotter in Hell 100. And I guess there was kind of a developing cycling community there anyway. And uh, then they just planned it. And from there, it it got popular the years after they spread the word really well the first time. And then it just became this thing. And now it's like their biggest event. They have all these vendors come in and they have hundreds of pe- thousands of people there that stay and cool. it benefit. He like changed the whole community by this ride because it's now like the main, one of the main economic things. And he's like the most humble person I've ever met. And so cool. Amazing. 
So whenever you're on the day of, are there people like cheering you on, like standing? Yeah, because it's like a small town thing. So like all the small towns like sit outside in the launchers all day. And, and just, then wave at you? Yeah. Oh, like a parade. Oh, so fun. Yeah. And it's like hundreds of people. There's like people riding by for emergencies. There's like wagons, like emergency wagons where people need to be picked up. There's a number you can call. Um, there's rest stops every 10 miles. Are there some spots where you are you haven't seen anybody for like a couple of minutes or, or is there like... Well, I rode with Miguel, so I was always with someone, um, but... Yeah, I mean, there were times where it was pretty desolate, but we saw people most mm-hmm. of the time. But it was like, were they like officials? No, they were just fellow cyclists, you know? Yeah. And then are you listening to stuff on your phone? Are you like listening to music? Or are you listening to... Miguel and I talked the whole time, which was also difficult, but it helped us. Um, Stay mentally, maybe... Yeah. And like, as like, he was my photographer and I was his reporter. So we have had worked for a team for like a year already. Mm-hmm. So it's like you already developed like a mutual relationship where you like work together for eight hours. So like we already had a partnership, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So yeah. So we rode a hundred miles and it was hard, but no, for training, I actually listened to the whole summer I was training. I like memorized it to Alexander Hamilton, the musical. Yeah. I fell in love with it and I like studied the storyline and just listened to it over and over. I just thought it, I don't know. I just thought it was like a genius musical. So I just listened to that over and over. How can I listen to it? You can download the whole musical on podcast and just like listen to the words and it tells the story. So it's like, a, it's like order. a play, but you're listening to it. Like a podcast play. Yeah. Oh, cool. But actually, yeah, I mean, it's a musical. So there's, so you go, would go see it in theaters, mm-hmm. but it's like they recorded one of the musicals. So you can listen to the whole thing. And so then you downloaded it and listened to it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And you could mm-hmm. like recite all the words. Alexander Hamilton. Well, it's actually <laughs> a really inspirational story. So it's about like not giving up your chance at life. And it's about like... Um, I don't know. It's about not giving up. And so, and it's also historical, which I was a history minor, which I loved. And it's a rap, which I like hip hop. So it just was perfect. And, and Lin-Manuel Miranda is a badass. So, uh, I just listened to that on repeat and I fell in love with it. Um, so now is it your goal to see it in person? Yeah. And then you're going to know all the words. Yeah. I'm going to be like just sitting like there sing along time. with them. I'm so obsessed. Um, but besides that, yeah, it was it was really inspirational of the it was an inspirational time. That's so awesome that you finished that. Did it feel what did it feel like crossing the finish line? Amazing. But I also just felt like I need to go to bed. <laughs> like I was like, I need to eat and then I'm going to sleep. What did you eat? Um oh, I don't remember. I was like half conscious and my mom and stepdad came into town and cheered me on. Oh, that's so So sweet. So sweet. And so when I crossed the finish line, they were there and then they came all the way just to watch me finish an end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and they were nice enough to let me sleep the whole night. Perfect. (laughs) And not like, and then the next morning we had breakfast, but no, um, but let me see. Could they track you to see like around what time you were going to finish? Not really. No, not really. Yeah. yeah. 30 minutes out. I texted them. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was, so that was nice. One, my parents came in and like really cheered me on Two, like, so my 
step dad and mom were there. And then whenever I went home on the weekends to Dallas, my dad and Julie would go on rides for a little bit for me with me. And then they would drop off after a few miles. But, um, and so I rode at home and they bought me a bunch of little gear to like cheer me on. But the gear is so expensive for cycling because one, it's insane when you do long distance cycling, how I think, okay, so it's so expensive. I'll just talk about how expensive and then I'll go into the other parts of it. But it's so expensive because one, the bike itself, and I couldn't afford it, costs like $1,000 to get like a decent cycling bike. I mean, you can get one for 800 you know, mm-hmm. if you shop around and stuff. But like well, if you're expensive. buying brand new and going out, it's like 1000 Then you have to get clip-ins, which you I had to learn for the first time, which is hilarious. So um, sorry, this is going to be a long one. So we had clip-ins. So you clip in your, your shoes. So you're attached to your bike. So you can't stop immediately unless you click one foot out to put on the ground. Because if you stop immediately, you fall. So did you have to have special shoes? Yeah. Did so you buy special in? shoes, clip-in shoes, and you buy special um, pedals to replace on your bike. And then, so then you, to stop, you click one out and then put your foot down? Mm-hmm. So you ah. have to be prepared to stop. So if someone, that's why cycling is dangerous for long-term cyclists, because if you get hit and you're not at you're like still attached and your bike will go with you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So... That was an interesting experience to learn. So that was one of my stories was buying the gear. So I like did a whole story on gear. And um, that's eventually how I got my bike because Dale talked to the shop and said, look, this girl has done a bunch of stories on your shop alone. Let her have like a bike for a few months, Mm -hmm. you know. And so um, I think that's how I did it. Um, And so, yeah, so you have to get these pedal things and I took them to work the first time I got them and you have to like clip in and all of my coworkers came outside to like watch me try it for the first time. (laughs) And so, cause we're really tight when you're in a newsroom, you like are with each other 24 seven. So most of your life you're with them. So you get super close. And so they all went outside to like watch me try. And I was just like, okay guys, I don't know if I can do this. Cause like it's hard to clip in and it's hard to clip out. And you're like, you're wobbly at first because then if you just, you can't stop. And if you fall, you oh, fall. Oh, that sounds terrible. And so all of them came outside and I couldn't like clip in for the first time. So I clipped in one shoe, but the other one wouldn't clip in. So I was like wobbling. I was like, guys, I don't know if I can do this. And I was like getting upset. And all the girls and guys held me up on my bike while I was trying to get the other foot in. So they were holding my body up while I was trying to get it on and like holding the bike up. And so I eventually got it. So that was the first time that I tried. And then after a while, is it just like second nature? Like, it's yeah, not I can hard? do it now all the time. Um, and I have them on my regular bike now. Um, it makes you actually go faster because your spinning of your feet. Um, it goes more quickly because when you spin in a circle that's constant and it's attached, it's more fluid in its motion. Mm-hmm. So you'll go quicker as in if you just had your feet on the pedals because it's more fluid of a motion because it's attached to one another. You know, yeah, does that make sense? It makes sense. And so the first time I went on my own, and this is a random funny story, the first time that I went on my own to do it, um, I was nervous. And it was like early in the morning on a Saturday that I was going to try it on my own. And so I was like half asleep and I'm not a morning person. And I went out on the trail and it was like 
a few weeks before. So a lot of people were out there too training because the cycling community is really tight. And so I went out there and I forgot my helmet and helmets are a big deal in the cycling community. Like you look like an idiot actually, if you don't have a helmet. Yeah. And so I forgot it. It was just like the slip of a mind and I realized it. And when I realized it, I like freaked out that I didn't have my helmet because I was like half asleep and I stopped without unhooking. <gasps> and so I just fell with my whole bike and it hurt so bad. And this guy was on the road and he goes, oh, my God, are you OK? And he like stopped for a minute with me. And he's like, where's your helmet? You just fell without it. I'm like, I know. That's why I'm freaking out. <laughs> I forgot my helmet. And then I fell in. <laughs> and so I went back to get my helmet. But then I saw him again on the ride. Um, and the funny thing is later I ride around a golf course. And the funny thing is later he was out golfing and he like waved to me from a distance. And he's an older man, you know, who has kids. So I'm sure he was just being nice. He wasn't being creepy. And he was just like, hi, how are you? And I got excited to see him again. <laughs> and I fell again. Oh, my God. He probably thinks that. I'm like a psycho. He's like, who does this girl think she is? Like, And the community's small. So he's told that story to a few people. And then some other people were like, I heard this funny story about you. And I'm like, great um that's so funny yeah so I fell a few times in front of him and then one time I fell and I think I still have the picture on my phone I got a few injuries like minor ones but I fell and I was so afraid of falling um you know and I put my whole arm out to stop and it worked I like nothing else got hurt nothing even got scraped but my whole palm was bruised because I just hit the concrete as hard as I could with my hand and so Ouch. I have a picture of my whole palm bruised. But then another one, I uh, my skin's really fair, so I got sun poisoning one day, despite I was religious about putting on sunscreen. It didn't work one day still. I got a whole sun rash on my leg. Um, but yeah, so it just taught me, now lady, I know you're not asking all these questions, um, but it taught me a lot because... Um, it just like one, I had never had anything physical in my life that I had worked toward, like mm-hmm. no physical goals, no sports that I had ever been a part of, nothing like that. So I was one interested in doing that for myself because it was like I had gotten into the gym recently and being athletic and being more into it. So I thought it was an interesting experience. Then it like you have to mentally build endurance and mentally overcome a few things. So it was a spiritual experience for me, like teaching myself how strong I was. And then it um, and then physically you have to fuel yourself and you have to get to know your body and when it's hurting and when what point you can push it to and like when you need fuel and when you need to be hydrated. And like, I learned a lot about myself and I was really in tune with my body. And so it was like a really spiritual experience almost for me, um, just to be physically connected to myself. That's so cool. So would you say that the mental or the physical aspect of it was harder? Oh, good question. I just think it's so intertwined. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's hard to say. It's just like, I mean, it didn't like hurt too bad. I don't remember feeling, I mean, I felt exhausted. Right. But I don't remember being in and of itself though. Yeah. But I don't remember like the days after being feeling like crap. But it just takes that. I mean, 
there's such a mental barrier there to be like, okay, just stop, just stop. Right? Yeah. And I really changed my diet over the summer. Um, I, I cut out, I, I'm not like a huge drinker, but I do do it socially on the weekends. Like every weekend, I would say I, I do have a drink or two. Mm-hmm. And so I cut out that. Um, and I cut it out. Like if I ever had it at home, I never drink the whole summer at home. Um, and I cut that out. I learned a lot about feeling my body. I had an app on my phone that every two hours I got a notification on how to stay hydrated. So, so did you physically feel so good? Yeah. It was the best I've ever been. It's the best you ever felt. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it was, it was really interesting. That means a lot. I mean, I feel like I'm at a spot where, as I mentioned, I don't eat too much meat and I feel like that makes my body feel better. But then it's so funny, like how whenever I'm stressed or whenever I feel overwhelmed by life, I'm like, oh, I just need a burger and fries. And then I do it and I get a burger and fries. And it's like, why do we do that if we know that we I know that I feel better when I don't eat meat? My stomach feels lighter. I feel not as sluggish in my stomach. But then there's just like this mental thing being like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I'm so blah, 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 whatever. And so for me, it's a burger and fries. For other people, it could be like, oh, I need a glass of wine. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like one of those things. Yeah, for me, it's a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Hmm. It's like we know that this is bad for us, but then for some reason, we still do it. Yeah. It's some sort of relief over that mental barrier though it's in it's in our head it's in my head that oh i'll feel better if i eat this burger it's in people's heads when they're like oh i'm just gonna drink this glass of wine and it's probably partially in your head for you to be like okay i'm just gonna stop riding my bike or i'm just gonna i i can't go any further you know right right totally and it's just like you power through the pain and you power through the heat oh i can't imagine how hot it was it was probably so hot i just drink so much water yeah, it was really hot. It was I. It was so funny though, because like I've I also helped me overcome a lot of things. Because prior to I had done the six week training, and then we do a special Saturday morning show like from the location. Like our sports team like is set up on this like deck where they did uh, the sports show in the morning, and like behind them is the starting line, and um, and then they did live shots with me because I was like out waiting for it to occur, so I had no makeup on. <laughs> And athletic, uh, these cycling shorts are a hundred dollars a pop. Are they they're awful? Are they the skin tight? Yeah, like, they're the spandex? skin ones, to, like down to your knee, basically. And they have more padding on the butt, um, so you feel like you're wearing a diaper. And then, what? and they're a hundred bucks to wear like an adult diaper, basically. And then, what kind of top? Like a, uh, it's like a zip up top, a special okay, top. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, so it's not the cutest, um, and I had no makeup on and a helmet on and my hair in a ponytail, and uh, and I'm a, I guess I'm a relatively vain person. I'll just say it, um, but so it was a lot for me to overcome. No makeup on on television, mm-hmm. and they just like came up to me. They're like, "How do you feel?" And they interviewed me. It was like the reverse yeah. of how I was, and it actually went really well. Um, and then I came back and like. Like the amount you sweat, it like dries. Have you ever sweat that bad where it like dries and it's white? Yes. And it's like the salt on your body. And so that was like all over my body. 
Um, my hair went from straight and usually I can like run around and have it straight if it's like washed relatively recently and it stays just fine. Um, but it was a hundred percent curly, my natural hair by the end. Cause I had sweat so much. Oh my gosh. So they interviewed you before and after? Not after. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. They didn't interview and so my whole body was disgusting and, um, and I had sweat some more than I've ever sweat before. You know what I just thought of? And since we're a feminist p- topic, I, our podcast, I think we should talk about it, is being on your period in training. <sighs> yeah, I don't remember that very well. So you weren't on your period the day of? See, and I used to do this more. I don't do it anymore. And this is my BTMI. Um, but it's not. I guess it's a feminist podcast. But so on birth control... And it, my gynos that I've talked to said it's fine. Sometimes you can just go from your pill pack and skip your placebo week and just go to the next pill pack. Yeah, my gyno said that's fine too. And so I did that, I think, throughout that summer just so I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> just to, like, train well. Well, yeah. Um. So I don't know if that's healthy. Some women really feel uncomfortable with altering the way their body works but i was like nope if i don't have to i'm not gonna do it not during that time jesus can you imagine like cramping and then trying to bike too no it's hard but i think sometimes it relieves cramps but yeah and then oh it it does i think and it was a nice actually relief because i have a pinched nerve in my spine uh, that gets aggravated when i run i do like to run but it like every time i run it's like when your bones hit the pavement it just hurts every Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. cycling i found like doesn't hurt my body very much and it like really is all inclusive and does it for me yeah, they say that running can be really bad on the back, like just the pressure of just every time knocking hit, the foot yeah. on the pavement. It, it like makes sense because your body goes down, like compresses, and it compresses down, and yeah, it makes a hundred percent sense. So that's my long-winded. Story. I loved it. I loved it so much. I love that story. I'm glad that you agreed to Thanks. share. Thanks. Well, thank you for asking. Yeah. W- do you have any other questions on it? Um, I just really want you, I don't know why, but I want you to be a cycler. I want you to get back into it. I do need to get back into it. I feel like this, these from like just October for some reason has been insane for both of us. Mm -hmm, For both of us. Why? I think you're probably just starting to get in the groove of things of living in Seattle. I did a career change. Yeah. It just feels crazy. It's a, October was a big month for us. I think we were just out in and out of town and we had mm-hmm. like things scheduled. Like it was my birthday month and on that weekend I had to do something. Then my parents came into town and I had to do something and then I went out of town and then. It maybe won't be normal again until after New Year's because. That's what I think. Because then I'm going to be gone in Costa Rica. Then it's Thanksgiving. My parents are coming. Then it's Christmas. Are you going home for Christmas? Yeah. Nice. We're going to have to plan all that in like a few weeks. Um, is, are you going to ride, be on the same flight as Chelsea Nairn? No, I'm going from the 24th through the 1st and they're going Christmas day. They're going the 25th? Yeah. Cause Why? it's cheaper. Oh, it's cheaper. So it was the 24th and I like looked at the 25th and it was a $30 difference. So I felt like $30 was worth. Yeah. Going a day earlier. Yeah. But we're staying in town for Thanksgiving. So my parents are coming away. Oh, that's mm-hmm. exciting. Much excited. Mm-hmm. Are you going home for Christmas? Um, This year, we're supposed to go to Vancouver. We do every other oh, year. That's Texas nice. versus Vancouver. And so this year, we're supposed to go to Vancouver, but then I think maybe we'll go for New Year's. We'll see. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, yeah. Um, What's one good thing coming up about this week? I know yours. 
Costa Rica. That is, yeah, <laughs> your yoga retreat. I can't wait to see pictures. Um, mine is, um, hmm. <laughs> Think about it. That, that, that. I hope to get back into working out. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I haven't been able to this month, so I hope to get back into it. You can go to Athleta and get new workout gear. You mean Athletica? <laughs> yeah. One of, the, one of those things. Like, okay. No, I agree. I believe you now. I don't know what I was thinking. I, you, we have proof. We have proof. But then after my proof, then I lost her quote. Oh, no. Yep. Okay, found it. Okay. <clears throat> So our quote is from Marilyn Monroe this week. She said, just because you fail once doesn't mean you're going to fail at everything. Keep trying, hold on, and always, always, always believe in yourself. Because if you don't, then who will, sweetie? I like it. Perfect. Okay, thanks for watching, you guys. Like, subscribe. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Do it all. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, we love you. Spread positivity. Bye. Bye.